Welcome to Expanding Your Faith with Bishop Gregory Godsey and Father Matthew Schnabel. Expanding Your Faith looks at modern faith and spirituality questions, as well as conducts interviews with movers and shakers in different and varied faith traditions. Our broadcast is brought to you by the hardworking staff at the Office of Communications and Media Relations in the Old Catholic Churches International. Stay tuned as we work on expanding your faith. Welcome everyone to another edition of Expanding Your Faith. I'm Bishop Greg and with me is Father Matt as usual. And today we are doing our part two of um, Voodoo with Gervonta. Hello, Gervonta. How are you? Hello, hello. Good afternoon. Good evening. Bonsoir. Bonjour. <laughs> it's so good to have you here with us today. Um, and thankfully it is not raining today. Uh, for all of our regular listeners, we apologize for not having an episode last week. Uh, we had some uh, important issues come up that needed to be dealt with, and so we had to suspend our podcast to deal with those. But uh, have no fear, we are here. Uh, it just uh, occasionally life gets in the way. So, Gervonta, for those that uh, may not have heard your first uh, podcast, and hopefully they'll go back and listen to it um, first, um, when you're with us, kind of give us a brief explanation of what voodoo is. Uh, so voodoo is a religion, much like uh, Christianity, Catholicism, um, you know, whether you call them uh, Yahweh, Allah, Yeshua, Jesus, you know, whoever. Um, you know, every every god has angels, and in voodoo we just call them Loa. You know, they, you know, they have Legba, Kafu, Bron, Donkwa, etc., etc., and voodoo is the same, uh, same bullshit religion that revolves around, um, you know, God. It's, it's a, you know, one, uh, monotheistic, you know, monotheistic religion, of, you know, if I'm saying it correctly. Yes. Uh, some people, they do what they would call travai or, uh, in English, that would be like work or spells. Uh, some people, they just do their offerings and their prayers to God or their spirits, and that's what they do. Uh, it's from Africa and it's been practiced for a very long time so that's just a brief so one of the questions I, I don't think we touched on this last time if you know where in Africa did it originally start do we know exactly where it was first uh, practiced I'm oh, sorry uh, sorry for interrupting no, um, okay. I do believe it's already been in uh, which now I be I believe would be Nigeria. I believe okay. Been in. So yeah. very cool. And so, about how long ago did uh, Voodoo uh, start? Oh, oh, geez. Um, I don't know, but it's been here for since Africa. So I mean, if you can just imagine, you know. So it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, it's been here for. A long, long time. So you would say it probably predates Christianity and many of the uh, um, Abrahamic religions. Well, definitely, because I mean, the slaves uh, who were brought from Africa learned Catholicism from their slave masters, as well as Christianity. 
So, I mean, it had to be here before those religions were even, you know, mainly practiced. Very cool. So, um, and I know I asked this uh, the last time, but kind of give us an idea of what uh, a uh, typical practitioner of voodoo would do um, for someone. What what are the kind of things that you offer to people? What kind of um, services do you render for them? Uh, so everyone's different. You know, it depends on their uh, opinion of evil and good. Because I believe those are two opinionated definitions. They have really no true definition. Um, some people, they do bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people, they do good. Um, to each his own. And, you know, some people, they believe in karma. Some people, they don't, you know. So, um it ranges, but anything is possible when you're talking about, you know, spirituality. Anything mm-hmm. is possible. Of course. So, uh, do you have a particular um, entity that you feel closer to than others in voodoo? Of course. Of course I do. And what, which one would that be? Uh, that would be powerful. Okay, tell us a little bit about... Uh, about that deity? Uh, Kafu is known as, well, in Creole, it means the crossroads. Mm-hmm. Um, when you say Mit Kafu, it means owner of the crossroads, meaning that whenever you send out uh, magic or spells or anything of that nature, it goes through him first. He, he allows it to pass. Um, so, but he is also known to open up gates. Uh, but it's the gates of very dark and what they would say demonic uh, spirits demonic energies Um, he's known to open that gate and also keep it closed if you know you need it to be Um, he's also a very good magician for that magic as you can imagine Mm -hmm. wow so kind of an all purpose uh, entity Pretty much. I mean, he can be uh, asked for good things and, you know, for protection, but he can also be asked for bad because, you know, the crossroads, uh, which is where the good and evil intercede, so that each other does not discriminate. You can go there for anything. Very cool. Yeah, y'all would like to know are there meetings or any kind of like church service or anything like that, or is it just something you kind of practice independently? Uh, there is uh, kind of like church meetings. They would call them. Uh, I think of it. in Korea they're called fets, which is basically like ceremonies. Some people or some organizations they do ceremonies uh, every year. Some people they do them every three, or like every three months. Some people they do them every two years. You know, but a lot of people who do it who are practitioners use those they tend to do it in their home more than at their uh, church, I guess you'd call it. Very cool. So now, uh, we see depictions on television all the time of of voodoo, you know, uh, involving chickens and, (laughs) you know, powders that make people into zombies and, you know, things of that nature. Is that... Would you consider those accurate representations of voodoo or not so much? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, 
it depends on the person's title. If he's like a priest, like a Wuga, or a Mambo, if you're a female, then yeah, that would be um, very accurate with the chickens and the, the rams and goats and bulls. Uh, mainly black chickens, but you know, it's another type of thing. So, and the powders that turn people into zombies, which you call kupu, um, they are powders that mainly Wolfos and Haiti would make. Mm-hmm. Um, and those powders are very, you get hit with that powder and you're out. They're in, they're in, because a lot of powder is science. Mm-hmm. It's, it, you know, some powders contain arsenic. So when you digest it, that's just pure science, pure poison. Yeah. So it's not spiritual all the time. So a real proof that, you know, it can be used for good or evil. It just kind of depends on the practitioner and how they wish to practice it. Right. You know, it's each his own. Some people, yeah. you know, they believe in karma. Some people, they don't. Very interesting. So you speak of Haiti a lot. So I take it that Haiti is kind of the um, hotbed of voodoo today. Is that correct? Uh, my, my voodoo that I practice, Haitian voodoo, yes. Uh, Haitian voodoo is a lot, you know, very deep-rooted in Haiti, of course. Is it still practiced widely in Africa? Uh, certain areas in Benin, in Nigeria, uh, certain uh, certain areas in Africa is, main, is a lot, you know, practiced in voodoo. And uh, even in Louisiana, practice heavily as well there. Very interesting. Very interesting. Do we have any other questions in the chat? Uh, feel free to type them as we go along. Uh, Father Matt, do you have any questions? Spider is typing away here. <laughs> so I can see him. And so he is he's typing his questions. Um are there other types like your Haitian voodoo? What are the others? Um, so there's excuse me, there's Haitian voodoo, there's Louisiana voodoo, and then there's African or Africa voodoo or African voodoo, which is you know, whatever. But it's all voodoo. It's just different areas do things differently. Some uh, some altars, like in Haiti, Ejeli Donto's colors might be blue, where in other parts of uh, Haiti, like in North Haiti. They might be like white or pink, you know. Every everybody does things differently. Um, I don't know, you know. Teach his own, you know, type of yeah. stuff. So. Yeah. So Bishop Ben says, "Correct me if I'm wrong, but Louisiana has also what they call hoodoo." Um, oh yes. Yes. So, um, what is the difference between voodoo and hoodoo? Um, so who is not initiatory you don't have to be initiated to uh, be in the religion um, also uh, hoodoo is mainly a spiritual practice you're not really serving any spirits you're mainly working with like plants uh, spices even finding your cabinet uh, a lot of people in hoodoo are very like church people You'll find them at a lot of southern churches, black southern churches, uh, where voodoo is a religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people get initiated, and it's spirit-based. So you make offerings to your spirits, which you would call them lawai. Interesting. Interesting. 
So Spider would like to know why black chickens in particular are used in voodoo. Um, oh, that's a great question. If, if I had to answer, so, okay, so certain spirits resonate with certain colors. Hmm. So if you have a spirit that resonates with black and they like chickens, you might have to give them a black chicken. Or if they like white, you might sacrifice them a white chicken. Uh, things like that. So it's kind of based upon whatever entity you're trying to offer your sacrifice to. Uh, as to what you might. At, uh, you know, pretty much. Uh, another thing I want to talk about too, because I get asked this a lot, and while I have Catholic priests here, I figured this would be the best time to actually talk about this topic. Sure. Um, a lot of people in Guru, they... Um, follow using or not really using but they'll use statues of like saints so like they'll use Saint Martin de Porras to contact uh, a spirit of the dead or they'll use Saint Expedite to contact you know a spirit of the dead as well um, and some people will say that you know they're contacting the saints or they're contacting you know that energy that that's, that, that statue is made for mm-hmm. uh, so a lot of people think that in Wudu you worship the statue. You worship the saints and Catholicism, where it's the complete opposite. Um, you use that statue as a vessel mm-hmm. to how that particular other spirit. Um, now, there's a certain ritual that's done for that, of course, that I cannot go into detail. Um, but that is why you do it, um, and, and a lot of times it's to keep it secret. You know, but, mm-hmm. you know, back in the day, if he was found doing ceremonies for Rumi, you would kill him. He was killed by your slave masters. Well, yeah. So instead, they would use the Bible, you know, which my favorite verse in the Bible is Psalms 109. So, you know, if you know what Psalms 109 is talking about, you definitely know, you know, but um, they'll use statues of St. Martin de Porras or St. Expedite or St. Judas, and that is their way of contacting that other spirit is through those images to keep it uh, secretive. I understand. And so that's kind of where we also get Santeria from, is it not? Because it tends to be um, this idea of culminating, of combining, rather, um, Catholicism with voodoo is uh, this more in-depth practice of Santeria. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, Santeria, uh, Santeria is more of like the Spanish version of Ifa. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, which Ifa is uh, Ifa was the very first African religion before Voodoo um, and Santa Villa just came from that uh, it's mainly like you know Spanish speakers uh, even the spirits names are in Spanish a lot of times mm-hmm. uh, so yes but it did derive from, from uh, Ifa which is uh, Yoruba very interesting so that's cool. Um, I mean, it's interesting to me, at least, that you know there are these uh, combinations, or at least uh, some overlap um, between these various um, religions and and practices. Uh, even if it was just a means to keep it secret, um, it's still uh, it's still. Um, uh, um, interesting to me. And so Spider 
I'm having to decipher some of Spider's writing. Spider says, what if it's purple that the entity likes? There aren't purple chickens, so what, what would you do in that situation? Uh, well, you could spray paint the chicken purple. Um, <laughs> you could dye it uh, feathers purple with dye that is made from uh, certain oils. Uh, really? You can do a lot of things with a purple chicken. Wow. <laughs> There's... um. Appalachian hoodoo practice practitioners that I know that they'll um, use chicken feet as charms and they'll um, actually paint the chicken feet certain particular co colors for whatever um, entities or spirits they're trying to evoke. So, hmm. um, so Spider also asks, are there other sacrifices that you might offer besides chickens to uh, the entity you're trying to invoke? Um, there are. I mean, you could sacrifice, you know, depending on what they like. Some spirits, they like uh, chickens. Some spirits, they like bulls, um, rams, goats. Wow. Um, and certain spirits like human, uh, like human blood. Which I'm not going to get into that. Um, but in certain spirits, they like bones. So if you can find like the chicken bone, or if you can find like the human bone, you give it to them. You know, it's even better. Uh, so in certain spirits, they like liquid things like wine, or um, like beans and rice. You know, all those things. You know, play into the fact. Is it legal to make some of those sacrifices? Spider wants to know. Not in America. Fuck. No, not in America. <laughs> no. Um, now, if you're in, like, Haiti or Mexico or Honduras or Africa, you know, of course, you know, those things are not very regulated over there. But in America, you know, you got to change, you know, change your ways, you know what I'm saying? So, y'all, y'all would like to know, are there foods that are forbidden for a voodoo practitioner, like how in Islam, pork is forbidden? Um, no, there's not really any uh, foods or drinks that is forbidden to uh, consume. Um, now, there are certain things, like... You know, not being sloppy drunk before you do a ceremony, but that is just for their own safety of not messing it up. Um, there's really no, but a lot of a lot of people who are in voodoo, they like to keep their uh, diet clean just so they can have like you know a healthier body, healthier spirit. Um, so they'll not eat pork. You know, I don't eat pork, and I try not to eat meat at all actually. Interesting. Um, but teachers only. You know, everybody's different. But no. So are there uh, uh, vegans or vegetarians that are also uh, voodoo practitioners? Of course. I mean, I know, I know, I know maybe three. <laughs> Interesting. Um, but, uh, if you mess up a spell, is there one to fix? The spider asked. Um, it's yes. uh, a great question. Well, let me just say this. Everything can be undone mm -hmm. if you know how to properly undo it. But not everything can be undone. And that's 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 as far as I'll go for right now with that topic. Okay. So that's why it's so important to make sure you do it right the first time. Pretty much, yeah. You know, because certain when you're working with bones and uh, certain very potent item, you know, you don't want to mess it up, 
And if you do mess it up, you know, you can always go dig it back up at wherever you buried it at, or you can do certain things. But everything can be taken off of a person, but not everything can be removed if the person doesn't remove it from you. I see. So Bishop Ben wants to know, does the voodoo religion have a hierarchy like we do? Um, they do, actually. Um, the lower levels in voodoo societies are called umsis, which is like, would be the very firstly initiated member of a church. Mm -hmm. um, and they can go all the way up to Ugana Sagwe or Sagwe Puga, which is like the highest, the highest you can, you'll, you'll ever get. Interesting. So, do you have someone that oversees you as a practitioner? Well, you said what? Do you have someone that oversees you, kind of like a bishop would oversee a priest? Do you have someone that oversees the work that you do? Um, not really. I mean, I'm I'm more of like a very sole practitioner. I'm by myself. Okay. Interesting. Very interesting. So I want to go back for a minute to, uh, you said you don't want to be sloppy drunk before you do, you know, the things that you do. Um, in voodoo, though, do you use things, and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, I'm not going to try to trap you into something, but uh, do some voodoo practitioners, we'll say it that way, use things like mushrooms and marijuana and, you know, different hallucinogens and... Um, uh, drugs during their service or practices? Some people do. You know, everybody's different, of course, because, uh, mm -hmm. you know, certain uh, substances that you take uh, opens up your spiritual mm -hmm. uh, senses, like, you know, marijuana, DMT, um, stuff of that nature. Um, a lot of people will smoke marijuana before they do ceremonies, just to have them relax and kind of just be in the moment and revive and receive certain messages. You know, if it's legal, of course, you know, I would not do anything illegal in America. I do not like jail. <laughs> um, uh, but other people, you know, they might take a shroom or they might take a strip of LSD, you know. Everyone's different. Very interesting. So have you experienced, uh, not tying that into drugs, but have you experienced that mind-opening experience in some of your uh, practices? I do, I do, um, or I have, and I do still. Um, it comes to you in more of a sense like you you know it, but so it's so difficult. So it comes to you in a sense, at least to me, it comes to me in a sense where I know the answer, I know what to do with this that I have in front of me, and it's it's not something I've ever learned before, but I, I for some reason know how to do it and what to say and stuff like that. It just comes out of out of the blue, and it's something that I won't remember after I'm finished with it. It's another thing. That's how you know it's spiritual, because your spirit doesn't really recall memory. So that's how you know that it's the spirit and not, you know, your actual, uh, you know, uh, brain. Yeah, yeah. So almost like an entity kind of taking over you, or just being in such a state of of open consciousness that you just don't remember it? Um, it it's not really them taking over you because you still have, you know, full motion, full control, but 
it's definitely they influence you to think or to do certain things. Um, and you kind of just go with the flow. You, know? you kind of just go with the flow with it. That's interesting. So Bishop William wants, wants to know, uh, do you all use vestments in your ceremony, kind of like uh, we do in, in the Catholic religion? I assume not because I don't know what a vestment is. So I'm assume not. Uh, like a robe or certain clothing. Oh, yes, we do. Um, they're more like scarves. Uh, some mm -hmm. people will also make them into like a rag and wear them. Um, but they call it mushwas, which is just another word for like a scarf. Um, they wear them when, they, when they're calling down certain spirits to basically let them know that, hey, I'm calling your phone. I want to talk to you. Let's talk. And that's basically wow. what they do. That's interesting. Do you meditate to clear your mind, Spider wants to know? Uh, if you want me to, how long do you want me to be? I'm sorry? How honest do you want me to answer this question? Uh, as honest as you want to be. <laughs> well, I don't meditate, but when I do, I live in a state that, legal, that marijuana is legal. Yeah. So it helps me meditate when I'm under the influence of marijuana. That's, that's, that's my answer. Okay. Okay. That's that's acceptable, yeah. Um, I, I think back to Rastafarianism, <laughs> some of that because you know they 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 most certainly enjoy uh, the meditation that marijuana brings with it. Um, so, <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, in fact, I would I would love to see every state legalize it. So. Um, uh, more people could take advantage of that uh, ability. Uh, yes, God made plants for a reason, yes. <laughs> no. They also say that with every disease or every illness, there's a plant to cure it. Now, I'm not going to get into that topic because I don't want to end up like a lot of people who get into situations with the government and get randomly disappeared but you can go into the bible and you can read leviticus and we're talking about the dietary laws of the children of israel mm -hmm. and you'll understand what I'm, what I'm talking about yes and it's very interesting to me that um uh you mentioned earlier uh about science you know so many faith practices discount science but it certainly sounds like voodoo is very much in touch with um, science when it comes to its practices and leans on it some for, you know, finding uh, the best path to practice uh, your religion. Is that an accurate statement? That is true. There's a lot of people, there are some people who live in this fantasy world that, you know, oh, if I take this arsenic, uh, I can I can pray to God and I'll live. No, motherfucker, you're going to die. Uh, I don't <laughs> care how much you pray, you will die. Um, and there's certain people that use science, and I feel like people who use science is more realistic. They're more in the they're, they're in the world. They're not in this fantasy that they make out in their head that God's going to save them from arsenic because I can assure you he's not. <laughs> <laughs> 
Indeed. Well, I feel the same way about snake handlers in the Christian faith. So, I mean... Um, and having come from Kentucky, I, I understand uh, snake handling far more than I want to. But, um, uh, you know, I see these occasionally news stories that come across where uh, a minister in Kentucky is bitten killed by a rattlesnake during a church service. And I go, well, duh. I mean, it was bound to happen eventually. <laughs> um, because that's not what the Bible actually meant. You know, um, that again was one of those metaphorical things, not a literal thing. So if you do something that's going to harm you, then, well, it's going to harm you. It's just that simple. Of course. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's stupid to think that, you know, a prayer or a spell is going to save you from arsenic. I mean, you gotta be one stupid motherfucker to believe that. Um, yeah. Which is the reason why, you know, I'm, I'm not into I've been to reality. I know that the world is harsh, and it's not gonna get any easier. So, wipe the tears, suck it up, keep on going, you know? Yeah. So, um, one of the questions that I didn't ask last time, but came to mind afterwards was, during COVID, you know, everybody's kind of uh, been nuts because of COVID, which is seems to be a common thing. Um, uh, what kind? Have you had any kind of people come to you and ask or heard of any practitioner being asked ways um, to deal with or to um, handle COVID from a voodoo perspective? And what would you uh, offer them as advice, or what kind of things are available for them? Uh, I have, and you know, I have to be very careful because this is a, a medical topic, and I'm not yeah. a doctor. Yeah, no. But I will say that I direct them to a healthy diet and a better lifestyle. That way, if COVID was to affect you, it would not affect you so harsh, and it would not take your life. Mm. That's wise advice so that's for anybody. Yeah, that's yeah. wise advice for anybody. So I imagine you also direct them to things like masks and vaccines and things of that nature so that they don't, uh, you know, kill over. <laughs> uh, well, I'm not, not pro-vaccine. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not anti-vaccine either. I'm just kind of like, you know, it's whatever. I'm not going to get it because it's still, they're still in the testing phase. Uh, which I have my own beliefs about, which I would not, uh, you know, get into yeah. on social media. Uh, but I do direct them to a healthy diet. You know, wear your mask. Um, you know, if you don't smoke, don't start. Yeah. Uh, just try to live a healthy lifestyle and enjoy life for what it is because you only get one shot and you can end it or you can keep it. The choice is up to you. That is wise advice. Wise advice, certainly. Um, let's see, any other questions from the, the chat room? Um, <laughs> spiders over there, I can't think of anything. Um, what are some of the I things, go ahead. I was going to say, um, a lot of people ask me this as well, if, if three questions I get asked me, why? Mm -hmm. Is black magic real? And I always say, mm -hmm. 
always reply with the question. Well, do you believe that you can do a, a working or a spell for healing? Most of them they say yes, of course, you know, you can do a spell for love. I was like, okay, well then what makes it doubtful that I can't do a spell to kill you? Ah. And the second question is that can it affect innocent people? And I always say this, when you're doing black magic, what you're essentially doing is opening up their doors to karma. So a lot of people was guilty. Now they may not be guilty of what you came to me for, maybe it was for can they slap you, they might be guilty for beating their kids, beating their stepkids. So now you might find that their that their stepkid a daughter or you know, real father comes to stab them or hurt them. Mm-hmm. And that is your karma. That is black magic. And the third thing I get asked, because everyone is guilty of something. So and the third thing I get asked is how to detect against that. My best read advice on how to protect against black magic being done is not being a jackass. <laughs> I think that's why. People do it to you for you to learn a lesson. But mm-hmm. if you don't, if you don't do any do anybody wrong, they're not going to pay somebody twenty five thousand dollars to go curse you and your family. It's not going to happen. They're going to think you know that's why the prices are so high because they're going to think much about what they're asking for. Very true. That's the number one so, give out advice I think in any any religion is just don't be a jackass. <laughs> um. That's true. That is true. And a lot of people, you know, they get into this whole oh I believe in Jesus or I believe in Allah. Nothing, no black magic can hurt me. Listen, no. at that point, you're committing black because you're speaking for God. Very so true. do you really think if you're speaking for Him, He's going to protect you? You know, think twice about it. You know, if you didn't do anything wrong, now maybe you have a, a, a very good chance. You know, if you live a good life. And black magic slips through cracks. So if you're a smoker and someone puts magic on you, boom, now you get hit with cancer. True. Or now you get hit with mouth disease or, or something like that. Where if you don't smoke, you live a clean life, you know, you just go to church, go home, go to your wife, kids, whatever. It's going to be hard for black magic to really hurt you like that because you have all those things magic in place, so it can't. So that raises a good question. Um, uh, I, now, I would imagine if a person is truly innocent, yes, uh, black magic can do no harm to them because they're truly innocent. Um, but if someone is cursed by someone with black magic, is there something they can do uh, to reverse that? Is there, there a counteraction is, uh, to it? There's actually a candle that I keep on my altar at all times. Just mm-hmm. because I know I'm very hated in this community of spiritual work. <laughs> but anyway, uh, it's called a reversible candle. A lot of times you'll see it with black on top and red on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Black is for protection, removing that negative energy, and red is to send it back to the sender. They call them also return the sender again. That's basically what you're doing. You're returning whatever was sent to you back to the person who sent it, whether they know it, whether you know they did it or not. It don't matter. It goes back. Um, and it, it's all the matter of who wants it the most. How many return to send? How many return to sender candles you want to burn? Against my black candles with powders and oils for you. Mm-hmm. How many? You know how 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 much you want? How much you want to stay protected? And a lot of people, 
they can't go five, ten years with burning reversal candles. Where a person who's doing black magic can go five to ten years of working on it and won't take a break. So, I see. All depends on how bad So you actually burn that candle constantly on your altar, I take it. Yes, it's burning right now as we're talking. <laughs> so, yes. All right. That's very interesting. So, Bishop uh, Williams wants to know Does your religion use sacred vessels? Uh, we do. We use a lot of statues, but we also use a lot of symbols to call down to the spirits. We call them vivas. Um, that's about as far as I can get on that topic. You can look that up on your own. Okay. And yeah, uh, Yaya wants to know I think it's something we touched on in the last one, but. Uh, if you want to answer quickly for that, uh, Yaya says, is this something you were raised in or did you discover it on your own? So, I mean, I've had family that did a little bit of magic. Uh, wasn't necessarily voodoo all the way, I believe. Uh, if I do, if they did, I didn't know about it. Probably don't care to know about it. <laughs> um, but someone taught me. Uh, I was actually 18 when I first, when I first moved into my apartment, actually, where I live right now. Um, I learned about it, and I started really getting heavy into it. Um, so, yeah. But I got really heavy into black magic in the very beginning. Um, that was my, I mean, that's still my specialty now. I mean, that's what people call my phone for a lot. So, uh, hmm. but yeah. Um, just bouncing back real quick to reversals and that sort of thing. Do you... I know a lot of um, paganistic religions like Norse paganism and um, Celtic paganism have the threefold rule where whatever you send out can come back onto you like three times as much. Can mm-hmm. is there anything like that in, in voodoo? Any kind of like rule about that? Um, we do believe in. I mean, well, let me say, some people do believe in that law, which we call like you know karma. Um, some people, that means like a, I, to me, I don't necessarily believe in the three folds. Well, I do believe in karma, uh, which is why I don't take clients for black magic people, and the target doesn't deserve it, uh, which is very good But some people do believe in karma, some people don't. I'm just a personal believer of it, because I've seen it done to people, uh, which is why I always burn green candles to keep karma away from my ass, uh, in case. <laughs> So again, that's why, just don't be a jackass. I mean, <laughs> pretty much. I mean, you know, nobody is really going to take all that time to do something to you if you don't deserve it. Okay. I mean, well, no person who knows what they're doing will. I'll say that because there's a lot of people who don't know. But you know, a person who's had years of experience, they got a lot of discipline, they got a lot of principles, and they apply those principles every day. Very cool. So, something, go ahead. I, I was saying, you know, some things is hard to recover from. Um, you know, even if you do return to cinder candles, um, certain things cannot be removed as easy. Um, and that's because the the energy of that spirit that was used, um, if you don't have the right knowledge, which most people don't of how to get rid of that spirit, you're going to have a big problem on your hands. If you don't know that spirit, well, 
also, um, I may have to run out and find me some reversal candles. <laughs> They're great, you know, but be sure they have the black on top and the red on the bottom. Don't, don't get the red on top and the black on the bottom. Those are different candles for different things. It's always okay. black on top and red on the bottom. And they usually say return to sender or double reversal. Uh-huh. You can find some that have seven black, red, black, red, black, red, black, red, seven times, and that's basically sending it back to them seven times. Oh, wow. We, you know, so I always burn one candle at least for return to sender, and I always burn my black candle for protection and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Well, the only reason I say that is I have so many trolls after me uh, that only God knows uh, what they're doing and practicing uh, to try to bring me down. So <laughs> it might not be a bad idea to to have uh, that kind of uh, uh, thing set up here um, to protect us from uh, whatever they're trying to uh, hit us with. But um, uh, Bishop Ben asked... Um, is there a specialized shop for things like that? Somewhere you can go to get uh, things like reversal candles and things of that nature? Uh, there is. That, um, I don't know where everyone's placed that, but in America, um, there's shops we call them Botanicas. Um, you'll find a lot of like saint statues and Santa Muerte statues, but you'll also find a lot of candles in the spiritual store. Or you can go to like metaphysical shops or even online like Etsy or Amazon sells them. I, mean, I get mine wholesale from Amazon. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, you'll find them pretty much anywhere. If you just Google um, reversal candles or, or return to cinder candles, you'll definitely find what you're looking for on Google. I love that. Amazon has a little bit of everything for everybody. <laughs> it does. <laughs> so uh, wonderful. Uh, yes, it puts a whole new spin on lighting a candle for someone, Dax. That is correct. Um, um, well, that's very cool. Um, so, uh, as we wrap up, is there is there anything you would like... I mean, I asked this last time, but uh, maybe you've thought some more since then. Is there anything you would really like people to know about voodoo that you think they don't know or that they have misconceptions about uh, voodoo that you'd really like them to understand and, and, and know? Um, not really about the religion, but I definitely do have a statement to make about people who go to these alleged voodoo priests for spells and readings and stuff. You know, I know a lot of people in America are really big into tarot card readings and cat de lagoons, cowrie shells, whatever, whatever, spells, whatever, whatever. When you're getting a reading, don't take it 100% in the very beginning. Write it down. You know, and if it comes to pass, that's how you know that the, the reading was legit. Mm-hmm. Um, and now when you're going to a, a priest or a, a, what you call like a spellcaster to get something done, just keep in mind that not everyone's legit, so you should check their credentials. And if they're real, they should be able to give you their credentials, who initiated them, who they learned under, what they know, you know, the whole nine, they'll know exactly what to say. Um... And, you know, just be careful, you know, before you send people money, you know, especially over in Africa, of course, I hear about some, you know, just just be careful who, who you're dealing with. Because if you're coming to somebody to do black magic, whatever, if that person don't know what they're doing, it could fall on you 
Mm. They have to follow the love. Mm. So if that includes newborns, your parents, everyone's in the crossfire of black magic. Nobody's of uh, nobody's immune. So um, just keep those in mind, you know, and just remember, you know, whether it's voodoo, Christianity, Catholicism, Islam, it all falls in the same faith, the same basic principle, which is God. And God's religion has no name. God's religion is love and charity. So as long as you're doing those things, God will see that and he'll bless you. That's right. Amen. And death is my best piece of advice. But if you want to be blessed by God, you have to put yourself in the position for God to allow those blessings to come in. So that's a big thing as well people want to think about. Very true. That's sound advice. If people want to get a hold of you, how can they find you? On Instagram, um, my name is Honduras, which is H-O-N-D-U-R-A-S, and then Brujo, which would be uh, B-R-U-J-O. That's my Instagram. My Facebook is Zachary, or Zachary, Z-A-C-R-I, then Contreras, C-O-N-T-R-E-R-A-S, on Facebook. Those are my two main accounts. And that would be traditionally for services, spiritual services. Very cool. And do you have a website or anything? I do not at the moment. I do not. Okay. Uh, I always ask just to be on the safe side. Um, but you're a very busy person anyway, so give him time to respond if you do reach out to him. <laughs> Please. Um, now I've been working all day. Today I found out the gender of my child, which is a boy. I'm having a boy in four months. So it's been a very busy day. Thank everybody. Thank you. And yeah, it's been an amazing weekend, amazing day. Well, yes. thank you, Gervonta. <laughs> thank you, and congratulations on your upcoming arrival. Um, that is so wonderful. It's always a blessing to have you here with us. Uh, we always learn so much from you. Um, and so I'm so thankful to uh, know you and to uh, have you in our circle of friends. Um, and we'll continue to pray and send energy your way that uh, you be blessed and protected as well. Because I know you do, you uh, um, are not exactly in the best terms with everybody. So <laughs> we'll send good energy and, and prayers your way as well to add to that protection. Thank you. I'll be praying for everyone in this chat as well. Thank, Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's always a blessing. Y'all have a great today, um, rest of the night, afternoon. Thank you, Gervonta. So for those that would like to learn more about our podcast, you can visit us online at facebook.com forward slash expanding your faith. Um, you can also find us on anchor.fm at anchor.fm forward slash expanding dash your dash faith. Or on your favorite podcast service, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google Play, and many others. We're available there as well under Expanding Your Faith. Look for the very starry background with the words Expanding Your Faith uh, in the uh, uh, profile picture. Next week, we don't have anyone uh, set up at the moment. Uh, My hope is to be able to squeeze in before our break. Uh, one last uh, guest, uh, either Baha'i or Sikh. I'm working on that. 
Uh, if not, it'll be kind of a wrap-up show for this season, season one. We'll be taking a break through the month of August as uh, Father Matt and I prepare to go back to uh, college uh, and Spider uh, as we all return to college. And um, uh, then we will be back um, the first Saturday in September with Season 2 of Expanding Your Faith. Um, It's amazing, isn't it? Uh, And we'll begin uh, having some shows Um, Many things to look forward to in Season 2. Religious trauma, we're going to discuss that uh, and have a guest on here, uh, Father Kevin Kinzel, who is a uh, um, um, licensed uh, professional counselor, uh, well, master in social work, uh, who can do professional counseling, who has worked with many uh, people with religious trauma uh, and many people in the LGBTQIA community. Um, in practice in Michigan. He'll be joining us to discuss religious trauma as well as a couple of different part twos uh, that we uh, need to get to like uh, Islam and some other uh, part twos that we never got to. And um, maybe at some point we can get Bishop uh, James St. George in here to talk about his parish in Philadelphia and all the work they're doing there as well. So a lot of stuff for season two just to give you a teaser Um, So I hope you'll join us for Season 2. Remember to share our podcast far and wide so that we can increase our uh, listenership and hopefully continue to bring you quality content each and every week. Uh, So my closing words are this, and that is that I hope that you uh, remain safe during the uh, COVID pandemic, um, that you know that God loves you and so do we, and that you will keep shining bright. Join us again next week when we try again to expand your faith. Good night.